0: power is not given to you. You have to take it. Beyonce, you are listening to The Real Estate Investor Show, episode number 15.
1: Welcome ladies to The Real Estate Investor Show providing inspiration,
2: strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Monica Sawyer is often described as one of the most blissful people you will ever meet. She has been investing in real estate for over 20 years. She has turned $10,000 into over $2 million, working only five to 10 hours per month with very little stress. She is the best-selling author of the award-winning book, Choose Bliss, The Power and Practice of Joy and Contentment. On today's episode, we cover everything from remaining blissful in spite of daily challenges to managing high-end rentals to setting up processes and systems in your business. Welcome back everyone. This is Liz. Hey, this is Andressa. We're excited for everyone being back here on the Real Estate Investor Show and really excited about our episode uh, this uh, week as we are every week, but we have some fabulous women we're interviewing on the show. And before we jump in, I'll just, I'll ask you, Andressa, how's it going? What's, what's new and exciting
0: Everything is good. I just came back from a three-day conference, real estate conference. And, you know, you go to those conferences and you meet amazing people, great speakers, and you kind of get out inspired and also overwhelmed. And one thing that I did this time that I didn't do the other a hundred times is that, that I, I, I put down what are my top five things that I learn. So I'm looking at the five things that will impact my business the most. And after I complete them, then I go through the other five hundred items. <laughs> but that's something that I did this time differently from the other time. So let's see how it goes.
2: That's awesome. And I would say too, you know, for the for the women listening to this to this show think about one thing you hear our phenomenal guests we're about to introduce to you one thing you hear that you can use and then you're going to do in the next week because so much of this stuff is just information 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 but if you don't do something with it it's nice but it's not going to make an impact in your life so that's awesome five is ambitious on jessa but i know you and you're one (laughs) ambitious lady (laughs) i think i walked away from the conference thinking all right what's three things i love you on like for for that ambition so
0: well, awesome. we'll we'll see. I'll get back to you guys on that. Okay.
2: Okay. Well, and I want to introduce our our wonderful guest here, uh, Monica Sawyer. Welcome. Hello.
1: Thank you for having me on the show.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. We're we're super excited to have you on here. We've. Tons of questions for you. Uh, and you know, bef- before we jump in and as we jump in, we'd love, we'd love to hear uh, how our, our guests, our, the women that we interview, got started in this, in this real estate investing uh, business. So I know you've been investing for, for 20 years and uh, you've, you've seen a lot, I'm sure, in those 20 years. So you know, what for you compelled you to, to get going, to get started in investing and what propelled you to, to jump in?
1: Yeah. So, actually, my experience with real estate started when I was three. Wow. Oh, my gosh. My (laughs) son is going to – it's too late already. Yeah. So, my parents came to this country newlyweds in 1967 with only $200 in their pocket. Wow. And they had heard, even in India, that the golden ticket to wealth in the United States was to buy real estate. So as fast as they could, they bought their first pr- their first primary residence, right? And then I was born, and, you know, they, they had this brand-new little baby. And just with their hearts filled with love and joy and excitement for this child, they decided they were going to start investing in real estate so they could give her the best life possible. So they stayed really focused on their goals, and then 15 years later, they were able to pay for my college education. Wow. Yeah. Great. And then, that not it amazing? And so then they pay, did the same for my sisters. They paid for our weddings. Now they're retired with a big home. So us girls have our own rooms when we come home. And the cool thing is, and this is what I am most grateful for, is that they have been able to retire with the lifestyle that they most desire after all of those years of hard work. Mm. So when I got out of college, I had seen, I didn't get to see the end of the story like I'm kind of seeing it now, right? But I had seen what they had done. I had seen how it had benefited my life. And so that's what inspired me as I wanted to move forward and and have those same things, be able to do the same things um, Achieve the same things in my life that my parents had achieved right Um, and I was so much luckier right I didn't just have $200 in my pocket right I had a lot more. The thing is that my parents had also suffered a lot of stress as many investors do, right? I had seen my dad stressed out about money. I heard the horror stories about tenants and the toilets and the house, you know, the maintenance and all of those things. So one of the things that I was really afraid of was having that stress in my life. I, as you know, I wrote the the book Choose Bliss. Like, I'm all about being happy. (laughs) And so it was really important to me that as I built this business that it was not stressful for me. When I was looking at buying my very first property, I remember being really scared because I didn't know how I was going to do this. I was afraid of the stress, and I had a conversation with my dad. He sat me down across the kitchen table, and he said to me, you know, Monica, everybody has fear, and everybody has money issues. Do you want poor people money issues, or are you going to conquer your fear and have rich people, money issues. Wow. Right. And that just completely changed my life. And so, yes, of course I wanted rich people, money issues. Right. So (laughs) I conquered my fear, took that first step and that's how my journey began. The thing is that I have streamlined my business in such a way that I only work about five to 10 hours a month and I have very, very little stress and challenges come up. I've got the tools so that I can approach a challenge more like a puzzle rather than freaking out and stressing out like a lot of investors do. And that's now what I teach in my mastermind, my coursework, and, you know, and that's what I practice in my life.
0: That's awesome. I think that I really wish all of you that are listening right now, can you feel her energy? Can you, Mm -hmm. through her smile, so that's like... It's contagious. So I I don't know how would that be if I'm in the same room as you? How would that energy like bounce around? So that's your attention on the difference between how you deal with investment differently from your parents. And when we think about investing in real estate, contractors, flood basements, cracks on the walls, mode and all of that, the word bliss doesn't attached to that so when you say bliss what do you really mean how can we really add that word to our daily basis
1: Thank you so much for asking that question because you're right. So many people hear this word and they're like, what? Or they have all these weird impressions of what it means, right? So we're not talking about sitting in a yoga position and saying, oh, my entire life. Okay. <laughs> so bliss to me is a really deep sense of joy and contentment and the confidence that emotionally we can handle anything that comes our way. So, what I talk about is emotional resilience and emotional mastery. Um, Warren Buffett once said, if you cannot control your emotions, you cannot control your money. But it's also true in life. We have a right to our emotions. They're a gift given to us, uh, one of the many from God, right? Uh, And they are a source of information. However, if we live in those emotions, we're not able to make good decisions in a lot of cases. So our emotions will direct us, but we don't want to make our decisions from that place. So when I'm talking about bliss, I'm talking about coming to this place where we feel in control of our emotions and our lives and we can make good decisions. And bliss really is about remaining in that place of sort of like joy and contentment that comes with that resilience and that control. So I'm not saying lady, I'm not saying emotions are bad. I'm saying they're awesome and we have a right to them. We also have a right to staying in this place which I call the blissful equilibrium which is our home base. So we can go to depressed, which we do. We can go to ecstasy, which we do. But our home base is joy and contentment. And we get to live our lives from that place. And we get back there as fast as we can, no matter where else we go. So
2: I'm going to give you a scenario because in my, in my head, I, I, am thinking about a situation, you know, which a lot of investors deal with is dealing with contractors. And I I understand you've done flips and, you know, you manage a lot of your construction. So you, you know this, right? So when I think of like managing construction and bliss, like I just, I'm, you know, in my little head, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just see them as like, you know, so I'm curious, like, so specifically, I get what you're saying. And I, I love what you're saying in terms of emotional mastery and contentment and joy, so, in terms of a specific situation, right, you're someone's out, someone's dealing with a contractor and they hired someone to, you know, especially from a flip perspective. A couple of months are going by, they're, they're having to let go of that contractor, right? The situation doesn't even matter, right? We can spend the next hour talking about the situation, doesn't matter. But, the real important thing for someone who's experienced or even new, uh, but even in my shoes, we have to let go of a contractor or let go of a, of a relationship, right which happens in this business mm-hmm. you know what tools specifically like what what specifically can can someone do or woman do in that situation how do they how do they stay with joy and contentment? how do they remain in that m- emotional mastery as they 're dealing with loss of potentially time money the stress of of the project not doing what it needs to do. So, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm just I curious. Did. I'm sure you got a ton of tools. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you got, a, a t- you know, just a, a so many. So, I'm curious, like, what, what could, uh, you know, our listeners take from that, like, a, that kind of situation and what tool can they use?
1: Yeah. So, I have a tool that I like to give because it's so fast and easy. Um, and actually, you can use it anywhere. You can use it in a traffic jam. You can use it with your spouse. And you can use it when you're dealing with a situation in real estate. And this technique is stop drop, and breathe. (laughs) And basically what happens is when we're in a situation, like we're having to get rid of a contractor, and there's all this stuff going on in our head, right? We're like, oh my God, if I do this, I'm going to lose all this time. Like you said, time, money, this relationship I've spent all this time, right? I'm going to lose money. What if this project doesn't work? What if the next guy doesn't work, right? There's all this stuff going on in our head. So, what you need to do when you find yourself in that situation is stop the thoughts, do an interrupt. So, for me, I'll just say, Monica, and I literally will like wave my hand, Monica. <laughs> 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 and then I drop into my body, and you, you'll notice there's all this tension in your body, right? So, you drop in your body and release the tension, release the stress in your shoulders, then breathe into your heart. Do it a couple of times, and you'll notice you feel more relaxed. The crazy, frantic thoughts will have stopped. You'll feel more grounded, and you can make decisions and have better conversations from this place than from that freak out place. So maybe
0: during the conversation when you are in already fight, moan, the – Let's take a break here. Give me five minutes until I I get to that to that step. I think the very important point is just to be present when that is happening, not after. So the the reducing the 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 gap between oh that I should have breathe <laughs> right oh I oh I didn't drop it uh-huh. right. So, until we get to the point and we, we think and say, oh, hold on, this is happening now. Let me, give me five minutes. Let me, let me get back to you on, on this instead of escalating it. Is
1: that, is that the, the point of the exercise? That's, that's exactly right. Is you want to make sure that you catch it. Now, this is actually hard. That catching it piece is hard because we're all tied up in what's going on right now. Um, but if you can catch it, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna end up in a much better place all the way around. If you don't, don't beat yourself up. This takes practice, right? But, you know, I'll actually do things, um, and I think as women in real estate, we have a lot of, like, things that we can do that a man would never do. So, for instance, if I'm in it with my contractor and I'm irritated, and we're having a conversation, and they can see my face is tightening, and their face is tightening, and the guy gets his defenses up, right? You guys, do you know this look, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will literally look at him and say, okay, this is not going very well. Hold on, and I'll spin around. I do a little Wonder Woman spin. And <laughs> curious. Like, yeah. I love that. <laughs> and the guys are like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but literally, they smile, I smile, and I'll say, okay, deep breath, let's start again. And it just changes everything. Even if I'm saying, you know what, we can't work together anymore, the whole conversation has a different feel to it, right? So so there are different ways to do that.
2: Yeah, so in- interrupting the pattern, I-, I think it was maybe- right you know you hear hear that from different places and that's so true i love that you actually you didn't just visualize yourself spinning but you literally <laughs> spinning around i love that like, right. oh, you, if you They're guys,
0: guys sure see me sp-
1: make- <laughs>
0: you guys see me spinning around you know what it is
2: <laughs> something's not going me. well there but it's just funny, the looks on people's faces. They're like, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to try it.
0: I'm going to freaking try it. I'm going to spin around.
2: The of the state. I mean, how powerful is that to really change your state? But you're, But I love what you're saying. It's, you're changing the person that you're with state as well. So you can begin again. And it doesn't mean that you're going to skip down the road together because it might be the yeah. end of that relationship. But at least you're coming at a more blissful way in a blissful kind of way of being so that's that's it's, a great great suggestion kind
0: of like it's kind of like snapping out of a, a situation right mm-hmm. and then his thought came from what's going on here on this project too why is she
1: spinning around <laughs> like <laughs> that's right, right. <laughs> so you kind of like broke the thought that's exactly so and you know the thing is that a lot of men are used to the snapping out of it like they'll do you'll see when they're trying to do a pattern interrupt they'll snap or they're they'll whatever they stand back right um when you do something completely unexpected that's a real pattern interrupt it's not something that your physiology is used to do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so when yep. you do something unexpected they're like oh! you know and it's awesome because it changes everything
0: it's so funny it came an example in my hand uh so brazilians are very good at jujitsu Right. And we have one of our champions, he studied the movements and patterns of animals and added those movements to jujitsu. So when he went inside the the, um, the ring, right? He started making those movements. And you saw the look on the, the the people's face and were like, what the hell is he doing? So they couldn't figure it out how to deal with that. And he started winning, winning, winning right and left because he kind of like, he, people didn't know what he was doing and what strategies he was going to use. He was great at jujitsu, but he had this edge on him. So it's kind of like snapping out of a situation. He used like monkey and like spider movements. And I was like,
1: this is nuts, but I guess it works. Yeah, it does. It does. Sometimes being nuts is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I have to
2: put that in our show notes. <laughs> I love that. I love this specific tool because it's real. And, and you know, I think it's it's really, a you know, like you said, it's practice, right? And it's really mm-hmm. practicing because we're going to get plenty of those situations. Right. So... You know, just to, you know, to circle back on something else you said about working five to 10 hours a week, I'd love to, I'd love to, a month, excuse me, wow, a month, I have to. Liz, wow. yes, we
0: we gotta work on this. Yeah, yeah, we Stop. gotta work on that.
2: <laughs> That's our separate conversation. But okay, so five to ten hours a month. So walk me through a little bit, or tell us a little more about that. So in terms of what are you currently, um, you know, managing your own rental portfolio? Are You actively flipping property? Just share with us a little bit about what that looks like for you, and then I'd love to explore a little bit with you around how you make that work and how you make that happen. So. Uh, So, yeah, just in terms of, so what what are you up to currently with your real estate investing kind of business?
1: Good. So, really, really good question. Um, And so, let me be really clear on this. Five to 10 hours a month is an average. So, when I'm in the process of acquiring a new property or filling a new property, often I'm spending more hours. The rest of the year, I spend nothing. So let me break that down and kind of how that looks for, for me. So I buy properties, fix them up, and put in renters. I'm in an area where we can't cash flow very well with the kinds of properties that I want to buy. I buy a grade properties. I like I have executive homes. So where are you located, Monica? I'm in the Silicon Valley. Okay. Okay. So my um, I have executives in my homes from Apple, Facebook. You know, Google, all of these guys, right? Um, They come in from other areas, a short-term rental. A lot of times, short-term turns into five, five, seven years. Mm -hmm. That's not uncommon, right? But whatever, they want to go home, so they rent. Um, A lot of people are like, if they make that much money, why are they renting? And this is the thing is they, you know, we have somebody that just moved back to South Carolina. I have people coming in from Sony from Japan. So, you know, things like that. So the thing that i normally will tell people is you're coming into my this home but it is your home and you do not want me breathing down your neck so i want to give you the and the respect so that you can create the lifestyle that you want in this home but what that means is that then you have to take care of it as as if it's your your own home and so, the first few times there are problems, give me a call, we'll figure it out. I'll show you how things work and how I like things done so that the house is maintained to the standard that would be expected for an executive home. And then, after we build trust with each other, it usually takes three to five times, you get to do whatever you want to do here. Just let me know what's going on. So, I get the receipt and they take it out of their rent, usually. In the end, they just take care of the property, and the times that I get a phone call is, "Hey, Monica, can I take you out to dinner?" We're so grateful for. Oh, there we go. Us, right?
0: She goes. She goes out with the tenants.
1: <laughs> Liz, <List>, guess what? <laughs> That's and awesome. know, Yeah, and you know they're not my best friends. You have to. There is a line, right? You have to know sure. you because if you have to evict somebody, you need to not be. They need to not be your favorite person in the whole world, right? So you. There's definitely a line here. But it's just to illustrate the point that I'm not getting phone calls about toilets and lights and problems. I'm phone calls about, thank you so much. So, that, that, so that's how I manage my properties. That's why I spend so little time with my properties once I've got somebody in there. But I do vet people and we have that conversation before they get into the house. Because if they're like, no, I'm renting because I don't want to be responsible Well, they're not going to be a tenant that's going to work with me. Our our working style is not going to work out, right? Does that make sense?
2: Absolutely. It it also sounds like you focus on those being very clear, you know, your clear expectations with your Mm -hmm. tenants. And, you know, you have this, it's executive home. So that's what this means. And you're able to convey that and everyone's clear. And I think that's
1: Right. Now, all my homes are not executive homes. So, for those of you that do not do those kinds of properties, I do have mid-tier homes also, like B-grade. Um, and, but I still have the same conversation. And those tenants take care of the houses too. And those tenants usually stay, I mean, I think my shortest one is five years. I've got someone that's going on 10 years now. Right? So, So, it's amazing. It's an amazing strategy just giving people autonomy, treating them with the a kind of respect that they're not used to. It doesn't always work out. And if it doesn't, you know, you have to get rid of people. It's fine. But there's a way that I run my business and people have to plug themselves in or not. Right. So that's that part of the business. I do have a team. So when I buy a house, I usually buy something distressed. So I get it a little better price. I fix it up. I have a team that goes in. I usually only spend about $15,000 on a fix up. And then I put people into it. And these are single
2: families or multi-families?
1: These are all single families right now. Um, So that's that piece of the business. Flipping happens by accident. So if I buy a property and um, I get a really good deal on it, I fix it up and I realize I can make $50,000 on it, then I'll sell it. So that kind of happens by accident. Same with wholesaling. Those sorts of things. You know, when you're in the business and you're out there, you see these things come up and if you know about the opportunities, you take the opportunity right? But that's not my focus. My current focus now is construction. And so what I'm doing is I'll buy a property that has a rental property on it, a house on it. I rent it out. And then in the meantime, I organize the, the um, permits and get everything through the city. And then I start the construction piece of that. So that's actually where I am right now. It takes very little time because I'm sort of still in the process of getting things set up. As we start to build, I spend more time. However, I will not say that in the past that has been my big business. I have been about 5 to 10 hours a month. I think as I move into construction, that's going to have to change, right? But now, after 20 years, I'm ready for that. I've gotten bored with the system. It's time for (laughs) me to do something more fun and exciting that takes more of my time, right? But it's a conscious decision, and it's not what has been required. To build a multi-million dollar business. It's just that now that's what I want to do. It's fun. Sure.
0: Right? Absolutely. For for the ladies that are, and, and the gentlemen too, because we do have
1: <laughs> gentlemen listening to us, For
0: I'd like you to um, break it down a little bit more about how the executive uh, properties look like. What What's your average price point? What's the average rent that you get from those?
1: Yeah. These numbers are a little bit crazy in most of the country, so I know that this isn't normal. But I'm just going to say this is how things work in the Silicon Valley. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so my cheapest house, which is um, kind of a lower mid tier, is worth five hundred thousand um, dollars. I bought it for eighty. Um, how much did you buy it for? One hundred and eighty thousand, um, my highest house is worth one point seven, and I bought it for seven hundred thousand
2: and where are you finding these most of the time?
1: These are in the San Jose area, so I stay south bay i 'm not going up the peninsula. For anybody who knows the Bay Area, the further up towards San Francisco you get, the more expensive it gets. So, I'm staying more South Bay. There's a ton of tech down here, anyways, um, and property values are going up very quickly.
0: And you are finding them online, or, or there's a different strategy that you use?
1: No, you know what? I'm, I'm all about ease. I do MLM. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know that sounds crazy, but yes, I pay retail. <laughs> Look at her. If the number here, here's the thing if the number
0: works, and it's aligned to your goals, who cares where right.
1: you get that from? Right, and you know, the thing is this, that I started with $10,000, I bought a primary residence, put 5% down, and I built the entire thing starting with that. So, you know, I'm not an uber aggressive person, I'm not flashy around real estate, um, but my system works. And it's consistent and it can work for a lot of people and it can work even if, if you know what you're doing, you can make it through, you know, 2008, for instance, I bought a home, the house that I live in, I bought a home in 2008 at the very top of the market. I spent a million dollars on the home that I was live in and literally within three months lost $300,000
2: mm.
1: on that house. But and there are a lot of people that would lose their mind around that, right? That's a lot of dollars, right? Yeah. However, I was living in it when I needed to move, rents were high enough to cover the mortgage, I just held it. Now it's worth 1.4. Right? So I'm still I haven't done as awesome as I might have done if it hadn't dropped like that. But if you have if you have a strategy and you have several plans, you've got an exit an exit plan that is changeable. So you can pivot, right? You can make a different decision. You're not so strung out financially that you have to do something. So if you've got your plan B, you can ride the wave and recover. That's not always true, but for the most part, you can protect yourself. And so that's kind of how I've built my business. The rents you mentioned, <clears throat> rents go between 2,200 and 5,000 dollars, depending on which house it is.
2: Got it. Monica, you're also mentioning something throughout throughout our interview that I think is really important to speak of, and then I'd love to, to even get a little more, uh, dive a little more into it, is about, you, you mentioned earlier about they're going to plug into my system. You know, you're talking about strategy systems. You know, you're very... Um, mindful of that and not just mindful but i'm sure the stuff is written down you know i'm curious for, for for the women listening to this you know especially ones i sometimes think it's harder when you're you're doing this for a while right you have this way of being around it and if you don't necessarily have that approach you may not have this stuff written down and then it's like every project's different because you don't have the stuff written down. We, you know, I just, and I just got back from this conference and, and one of the speakers kept talking about a, an SOP. I thought he was, I thought he was saying like an SOB, but yes. that's, that's where my head's <laughs> at. Because I, I'm not the most, um, I have to work on my processes and systems. And he kept talking about a standard operating procedure. I'm like, wow, we got to do more of that in our business. So for you, I, I bet this stuff is written down. Like how did you, you know, what was your process? What did that look like, you know? And, and what can our listeners take from from this call, whether whether they're doing it or not doing it, they're active or not active, or they're looking to get involved or they have an existing business, uh, you know what are some steps they can take to really get clear? Because not only are you clear, but I'm sure you have the stuff written down, and mm-hmm. you are you are laser focused. They plug in, they plug out. They're in. They work with me. They work, or they're aligned. They're not aligned. I mean, you're you're not like, well, if it works for them, that's not what you said.
1: No, you're, no, you're no, 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 clear. no,
2: no. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, like, what for you? What did you do? I mean, how did you? How did you get yourself set up so uh, laser focused?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> what I'm about to say is going to work um, for, for bringing bliss into your life too. We discover systems for ourselves that are aligned with who we are as people and our values and our goals. A system that works for me may not work for you. Um, there are people that think that I am very hard with my tenants, and yet my tenants absolutely love me because I think I'm really kind with them. Um, they don't have to read my mind. They know exactly what I expect, Um, and we have great relationships. So um, the thing, the way that I created my systems is every single time that I would do something, I would take notes through the process. And there were times when something went really bad, and I could go back and say, okay, well, this is where I made an exception. This is what I did not Mm. look at. Or if something goes really right, this is what I did. So I'd start to take notes. And then I just simply created the system by organizing my notes. And then as the years went by, I would refine those notes and refine those notes. And there were consistent exceptions that I would make that would cause consistent problems. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And so then I would just not make that, you know, not make that exception. I'm only buying a house a year or a house every couple of years. I'm not doing this full time, so I can't keep it all in my head. But what I can do is kind of keep a journal about the process. And then at the end, make my notes a little bit more clear. As I move into the next time, I'm not having to reinvent the wheel. I can look at my notes. It's like one page. Look at the summary of my notes. And do I want to follow that again but it's there for me now I'm not like freaked out about reinventing the wheel every single time and each time I review the notes and now it's just a system I still make stupid exceptions (laughs) that bite me in the butt right but um but for the most part it's working beautifully everything works and you know what challenges just are going to come up that's the way business is Things are gonna be different. Maybe I want a house that looks like this in this particular area, and I've never done a house like that before. I'm gonna have to change, right? But if you've got a basic system, it's so much easier to pivot when you've got a foundation than to constantly be recreating. You know, you can't spend five to 10 hours a month if you're constantly recreating. That creation process is very stressful and takes a lot of time.
0: I completely agree. For, for the properties that you buy on the MLS, I bet you have good realtors around you. How important is for you that the realtors also invest in real estate? Do you use that as a, like a deal breaker if they don't or that's one of your exceptions?
1: Yeah, so I always recommend that you have a realtor that invests in real estate. Because um, if they're investing, they understand the language. They understand what you're feeling. They understand what you're looking for. um, They understand why you're being picky in a certain way. So for all of my clients, that's what I recommend. I do not have a realtor that invests in real estate. (laughs) So so I actually met my realtor. I was a mortgage broker. And he and I were in a class together um, about getting referrals. And so we, that's how we connected. The realtor that I was working with at the time also did not, she invested, but she had her own specific strategy and was constantly trying to impose her strategy on me. And I knew it wasn't going to work for me. So I, I was ready to leave. And I figured that I could um, kind of, uh, what do you say, like train <laughs> this new realtor to do what I needed him to do. Look at you, you are thinking (laughs) years ahead. (laughs) Now, you know, he didn't have a huge network, but he was willing to work really hard for me because we were building this business together. And I had let him in on a secret from from me. As a mortgage broker, all of my clients referrals, I was making a quarter of a million dollars a year on 15 clients, why? I didn't have to keep getting new clients, I was working with investors because they kept buying. They kept refinancing. They kept me and they kept my business going without too much energy, right? I'm all about, let's relax. Let's keep this not stressful, right? So so now I had told him that he was like on board and I was going to train him on kind of what an investor needed, right? So he's getting a benefit from me. I'm getting a benefit from him. I've been working with him for 15 years now. And what's really true is that, you know, I, I abroad, my husband and I have traveled to 55 countries t- together just because it's fun. So that's what this business is allowed. Um, But when I'm abroad, if he finds something, if we're actively looking and he finds something, I totally trust his judgment. We've written offers while I was abroad because we have that relationship, right? And when he has another investor client that comes to him, he's able to bend and flow with their needs rather than imposing. Now, certainly, they have knowledge and wisdom that we don't have because they're in the business, right? And they'll, they'll tell me, I think this is a bad idea because of this, 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 right? But he understands my strategy and he's willing to work with me. And when he's giving me advice, it's related to that strategy. And he does that with his other clients. He himself has gotten burned in investing. So he's, he's stepping back now and reevaluating and re-putting together his own strategy, which as investors, we need to do, right? Absolutely, yes. So, but right now, yes, he's not investing. He's stepped back for a little while. So, that's kind of how I found my realtor and what happened. Um, but yes, if you want to get out there and you want things to start happening fast for you, get a real, understands investing, and best is if he's investing himself. So, one of the things that I tell people is ask them, do you invest? Hopefully the answer is yes, but either way, ask them how many investors do you work with and how many rental property or investment property deals have you done in the last year? That's all relevant information and that's going to make a difference in your business.
2: I love that. I love that. You know, one of the things that, one of the reasons we we started this podcast was all about the women deal with in terms of balancing their life, right? So we're not just investors, we're not just moms, we're just not just obviously women, but we, you know, women have this this, this, this drive to do a lot, to serve a lot of masters, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask you, since you are the the blissful coach, that's how I look <laughs> at you right now, you know, you're my blissful coach, <laughs> you know that, but now you are. I, you know, what would you say to the, to, the, to the woman listening to this that is balancing so many things, And it just continues, right? So one to do comes off, one to do comes on. And and that's just life, right? We're always going to be expanding. We're always going to be, you know, wanting to be more and do more. I think that's just the way humans are. And I think there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that. I think that's wonderful. But I should say, and we want to do it probably in a blissful way, right? Creates more Mm -hmm. peace. So how do women do that? Right, I mean, I'm sure the answers are endless, and they probably need to get your book, which we're gonna we're gonna give you a minute in a minute. You're gonna share all about how wonderful, you know, where people can find that because I think we all we all need to read that. But but you know, what's a tip for that for that woman listening to this that just sees her life full? Yeah, <laughs> you know, how do they how do they bring bliss into their daily life?
1: Yeah. So yes, there's a lot of techniques in the book. So thank you for that. And definitely I would say my best strategies are in that book. There are 14 of them to help. But what I will say is this, you have to actually make bliss a priority. Mm. So create some bliss practices that will help destabilize you emotionally. The other thing is accept that you can't do it all and that in truth, that's awesome. Because you know what? If you know what your strengths are and you play to your strengths, it takes so much stress out of your life. It gives you so much more time and energy and you're able to play more. And then you delegate those things that are not your strengths. So some of it is delegation. Some of it is having some bliss practices. And the other thing is accepting that even though you're a superwoman, even Superwoman cannot do everything, and just really getting that and finding the things that are going to improve your life in every every area of your life, and doing those things. The book, The One Thing. You guys, if you read this, excellent yeah. book, yeah. Yeah. So Andrea, yeah. Andresa was talking about she was going to pick five things, right? Yes. Which is awesome, right? As women, we're you know, as as overachievers, this is what we do. Right? Oh, there we go. Right. But let's let's just t- let's look at that because I know this is how Andresa is working just basic based on how sh- what she accomplishes. You look at the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference in your life and you choose a strategy to succeed in that one thing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And you can do, you can do that in your relationships, you can do that in your work, you can do that in your investing, you can do that with your children. You don't have to do everything.
0: Absolutely, and and another thing that I will add to it, because sometimes, um, you know, we listen to different advices and we already start thinking, oh, but this is not gonna work for me because I have five children, children. I work at the hospital. I am starting my business. I don't have knowledge. I'm too young. I'm too old, or whatever <laughs> that is, and we don't try. So I think that all advice that we can give here. And, and you, if you have given so many, I need to go back and listen again and, and, and apply them. I think that I will encourage uh, all of you ladies that are listening here to give a try, even though if your brain is giving you a lot of words and just ignore that. And let's give a try. You never know what, what can happen.
2: Yeah. And I, I love the idea of I mean, I love what you said, everything you just said. I wrote down for myself, making it a priority, right? So what we make priorities, we focus our energy on expands, right? And, and if we don't make it a priority, it's just a nice thought, right? It's a nice thing that she has because she can or she, mm. you know, and then that's not, that's not accurate. Everyone can. So I love that, making it a priority. Um, Monica, share with um, our listeners too about where they can um, learn more about you and, and learn more about all the amazing things you're up to.
1: Yeah, thank you for asking that. So first of all, the book that I wrote is called Choose Bliss. This is um, 14 strategies that I put together um, as an executive coach over 11 years. These are the ones that consistently work to help people to be blissful, joyful, and keep joy and bliss a priority in life. So you can get that book on Amazon. It's called Choose Bliss, The Power and Practice of Joy and Contentment. So that's my book. Um, The next thing is I also have a podcast that Andressa was on. (laughs) And it's called Real Estate Investing for Women. And it's on iTunes with Monika Sawyer. And I also have a free gift for your guests. Um, Can I share that? Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, I have a strategy that I used. I started with $10,000 and I'm worth well over 5 million now. Um, How did I get there? And people ask me this all the time. So I put together a free report that people can download so they can watch my journey and see which pieces of that they can use in their own journey to create their own wealth. So they can get that at blissfulinvestor.com. That's blissfulinvestor.com. Beautiful. And all
0: that information, guys, you guys can check it out on our show notes. You will see all the links there so you guys can get the free gift. Awesome. So I'm going to get started with the, our fabulous three. And my <laughs> first question is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read?
1: Think and Grow Rich. Awesome. That's where it all began. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> when I think about
0: like, what was one of my first ones? Those were, were those. What, what got your attention with the book?
1: Um, I like that he had interviewed a lot of really successful people. And I think that it's important that we model around success. So I'm going to be more likely to be successful if I can model successful people.
0: Absolutely. Don't need to reinvent the wheel. Right. It's already there. Awesome. Great. Uh, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? I
1: have a morning routine. Um, and that's actually in my book also. Your morning routine sets you up for success every single day. And it allows you to make the choice to be successful every single day.
0: Awesome. Can you share yours?
1: What do you do? Um, sure. It's kind of detailed. But, um <laughs> <laughs> so even before, so I, when my alarm goes off, I push snooze. And what I'm doing when I'm snoozing is I'm doing gratitudes. Mm. And the gratitudes, I have a whole course on how to do gratitudes. You can actually Beautiful. do them the wrong way, but, um, but I do my gratitudes. And then the snooze alarm goes off. I take a couple of deep breaths and I get moving on my day. So I pet the dog, take him out to pee. <laughs> There you go. (laughs) And and then I get in the shower, and you know, I kind of have all this mind stuff that I do. Like while I'm in the shower, I'm really, really present. So, this is sort of a moving meditation to ground Mm -hmm. me. So, I feel the water on my body, I feel each drop. Um, So, I I really do uh, sort of this moving meditation in the morning. So, I keep things very, very, very present. Then um, my husband and I go down and get some coffee, and then at 10 o'clock, I'm back at my desk, and I usually start not with email, not with Facebook. I usually start by looking at some um, positive affirmations or some things that are going to inspire me. I try to look at three of those. So often what I'll do is I'll even just go into Google Images and look Mm -hmm. for quotes, inspirational quotes, and then I read a few of them, and then I move into facebook my email that's where i start and then i move into my day
0: great thank you for sharing that sure third and last question is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most
1: my mom um my mom is an a doctor an md and became an md in the 40s in india where When it was not normal for women to be educated. Wow. Um, you know, she used to take a bullet cart to school for four hours so that she could be educated. So um, she is, she is such an inspiration to me, like what she's overcome to become the powerful woman that she is. And every single time I feel like falling down or I can't do it, I think about her and all the lessons she's taught me. Wow.
0: Wow. Very inspiring. Thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: Monika, thank you so much for being on our show. You had so many um, words of wisdom and uh, I got to go get your book. So I I hope all of our listeners will too, but I'm like, I need this book. So I just, (laughs) just thank you so much for, for being who you are. Thank you for all your um, just great suggestions and just spreading such a great message that you can have what you want and have it all and do it in a blissful way. I think that's uh, I think that's what we're all striving for. So thank you.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. This was really fun. Awesome. It was great. Thank you so much, Monica. <laughs> okay. See you later. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye Ciao. now. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews,